welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here in Miami at Trump's Doral. We are at the Reawaken America Tour, and I'm here with Dr. Cordy William and Alex Stone. They have a very exciting project. They're working on Operation Z, so we're going to hear more about that and how that started. How are both of you doing today? Doing great, Courtney. Thanks for having us on. Doing very well. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here. So what is Operation Z, and how did this get started? Yeah, so, I, you know, Operation Z is really about the demographic of ages 12 to 25, mm-hmm. the Gen Z influencers. And, um, you know, I've been on the road for about three years, kind of like you have, as far as, you know, g- kind of combating this Fauci-esque, scarf lady um, COVID scam that we've all been uh, pushing back where, you know, America really changed. And, you know, I think before that it changed when Donald Trump came down the escalator and announced in 2015 and all these you know, the, the establishment pawns and this, this deep state that we have really got exposed. But, um, you know, I went on the road really defending freedom in California and uh, had a video that got about 22 million views. Long story short, launched this nonprofit called 1776 Forever Free. And this uh, young man, 19 years old, such a stud, um, was on the road with me at the age of 16. And we were going around doing rallies when nobody was doing rallies. Um, and part of our revenue source at that time uh, was the 1776 Forever Free t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So he was helping me out at rallies. He started to really get plugged in. And as I was running for U.S. Senate, coming off of that, um, he had this amazing idea. You know, there's 67 million views that the radical left is getting yeah. um, for the for the Gen Zers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And the RNCs put $5 million up, but done nothing for it. So Alex has this really innovative solution, and he says, well, what if we just got 20 influencers, we raised a quarter of a million dollars, we paid a $1,000 a month, and we got these individual influencers according to, you know, just a, a kind of like a Trump platform, um, kind of sprinkle Trump ideals and a Trump-esque agenda to them without even ever mentioning Donald Trump. And you do that over a period of year, um, and, and, you know, Alex's kind of vision was, if we did that, everybody's going to check the box in November of 2024, and it's going to be Donald Trump. Do you have anything right. you want to add to that? I do want to add some things. Like, yeah. uh, there have been many people who have asked me, you know, why am I doing this? Is this, you know, for you? No, it, this, none of this is for me or what I'm doing or trying to, you know, promote personal gain. Uh, this isn't a me thing. This isn't a Cordy thing. This is an America thing, right? Because we are at a precipice of our country where we're about to lose it because we're going to lose Gen Z. And Generation Z is the uh, number one uh, voting group in the next election, uh, according to uh, data. And I believe that if we lose Generation Z, we're going to lose our country because of that. And so I, I saw all of this data about what was going on, the, the propaganda that they were spewing with, with uh, different um, Gen Z uh, political, you know, influencers. Mm-hmm. They were promoting propaganda. They were promoting lies. Mm-hmm. They were saying orange man bad, garbage like that. And people are buying it. Mm-hmm. And the the DNC and George Soros, they realize the the significance of my generation because they know that if they get that vote, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. And because, like like Cordy said, is is I saw this and I decided we need change. Right, and so what I did is I texted General Flynn and I said, listen, this is going on. We need some support. And, and so General Flynn has been able to listen to it and he's backed it completely. Uh, so is Roger Stone. Uh, Mike Lindell is going to be involved. Um, 
and so many other great, amazing patriots uh, are joining us in this movement, in this fight to fight for Generation Z. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, I've been learning a lot about the, the leadership of Nehemiah in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so the story of Nehemiah, he, he, was a, he was a man and he was close to the king. And he, he went to the king and said, I have a problem. We have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right? And that problem is that their, their city didn't have a wall. He said, King, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the resources if you can give them to me, and I'm going to go build a wall. I'm going to go build that wall for, for, for our city to protect us. And so what Nehemiah did was be a leader. Mm-hmm. And a leader is someone who takes people to places that they would never go by themselves. Yeah. Right? And we don't have leaders right now. We have mm-hmm. President Trump. We have General Flynn. We have Clay Clark. But we don't have uh, many leaders right now. Right. What we have is a bunch of managers. Do you know what the definition of a manager is? Yeah. A manager is someone who maintains a status quo. Right, right now we have the status quo. Absolutely. And I'm tired of the status quo. Americans are fed up with this status quo BS that we're going to just keep going and, you know, just try a little harder, do this, do that, you know, vote for the next bill, write another 1,000-page bill. It's a bunch of garbage. Mm -hmm. We need leaders to be at the forefront, people like Matt Gates and what he's doing in Congress. Mm -hmm. We need more of that. And I believe that if we get those leaders in Generation Z, it's going to make a massive impact, a massive ripple effect, not just for my generation, but for generations to come and ultimately for the rest of the United States of America. I love that. That was so well said. Uh, I, I would argue they don't just maintain status quo. These managers are really uh, selected to promote an agenda. And uh, they're, they may be creating the illusion of status quo, but they, they're, really, they're really there to hold the line. It's one of the lines I actually really don't like that the right says, because if you think of the game tug of war, right, as an analogy, what happens if you play tug of war and you lose an inch? You hold the line, right? And then what happens when you lose another inch? It's okay, we'll just hold the line. Before you know it, you're miles down the road, and you're like, how did we get here? Uh, well, you held the line. We need, we need more than that. We really need to push back. But I think that this whole uh, management is really to, uh, you know, I think the saying is like to maintain the dogs that don't bark, <laughs> you know, keep them quiet, muzzle them, and that's why we have a, this uniparty. It's like the right has become, I, I would argue they actually were created, but we could say they were created or they become controlled opposition for the left. Uh, but one of the things you were saying about what you're doing, and I think this is so great, is you talked about giving these, uh, these red pills, red, white, blue pills, if you will, Um, rather than using Trump's name. And personally, I mean, I think Trump did some great things. I think he's got a lot of questions to answer still. Um, However, what I really loved about Trump when he talked about leadership is that he really did create a movement. There's a populist movement, and I think he's more representative and indicative of, you know, the American sentiment that wants to see their voices being heard and that wants to make a difference and not just maintain status quo or worse yet, advance an agenda that might be more aligned with the Great Reset, New World Order, whatever name you want to give it. So I'm curious, what are some of these? I'd like us to get back to where it's principles. You know, George Washington actually advised us against having political parties because he said it would be a loophole for foreign entanglements and for division, you know, divide and conquer uh, tactics. So I'm curious, what are the principles that you're red, white, blue, and pilling? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to, going to, center around, mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of deprogramming the, the communist Marxist narrative that's been out there. Because right. we've normalized, and I know Alex would agree with me, mm -hmm. you know, we've normalized gender. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get back <clears throat> to biblical truth, which is there's one gender. You know, um, uh, you know. The, the, I mean, there's, there's two, two genders, right? But, it's like there's there's but, man, there's I mean, woman, there's, not, and there was confused, or there's mixed, or exactly, yeah. and that's what I meant. That the optics that there can be five million genders. Right. You know, there's one ideal around gender. It's it's male and female, right? right. And and we all know that, and that's just like biblical truth, right? Sure. It's science, right? And so, kind of getting back to that and getting away from this normalization of of this idea that you have three genders and you can identify as a furry and have a litter box at school and all that stuff. Right. You know, just crazy, crazy talk. And, and crazy town, this idea that, you know, borders are, are free and open to anyone and then, you know, it's estimated we have seven million different terrorist groups um, in the country right now. Right. <clears throat> you, you know, you think about those facts and, and the stats around that. And then, um, you know, just everything around how kids have, you know, vilified um, you know, having firearms in the um, in the household, doing the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, mm -hmm. um, standing still, you know, putting your hand over your heart when you hear mm -hmm. the uh, national anthem, you, you know, basic things right. like that, that, you know, are white, you know, nationalist, racist, you know, MAGA extremist, you know, <laughs> you know, and bless you, and, and just getting away from that and getting mm -hmm. back to you know, really, I'll just say those those values that we had in 1950, 1960. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I was saying this on another program earlier, you know, it's not about red or blue. It's not about Trump or Biden. It's about saving our kids. Right. And I think when we get these Gen Zers, we get them back to the fact we step away from all the media rhetoric and BS. Right. They're going to realize when you give them biblical truth, mm -hmm. when you give them scientific facts, and when you just give them logic, they're going to realize there's one choice, and it's Donald Trump. Because... Mm -hmm. You know, Bobby Kennedy, say what you want about the guy. Yeah, you know, he was against warp speed, all that stuff. But, you know, that guy's voting to kill babies. Um, mm -hmm. He's voting for climate change. And, uh, you know, we are a cap capitalistic republic yes. that functions off of making money. Constitutional uh, republic. Uh, yeah, and, and we, are, we are a trillion dollars in, in interest debt mm -hmm. every year, just interest now. And I know everybody knows that, but I don't think the Gen Zers know that. Like or, our, or our, our, our core group I, does, I, yeah. Yeah, I think that there, there's difference between hearing something and really comprehending what that means. And I, I think that, you're, I think you're right, I don't think they have a full grasp of what that really means and what it means for their future. Yeah. 100%. Right. Alex, what do you want to add? You know, I, I definitely agree. I don't think most of us have that kind of grasp, uh, which is why I'm, I, you know, I started this. Yeah. Is because, like, like Dr. Cordy said, is the the RNC they dropped five million to try and do something, mm -hmm. but the RNC's done nothing for a very long time, right. and so I, you know, we need to make a change happen. You know, Dr. Cordy was talking about you know all of this evil and corruption that we're seeing. You know, all of this gender stuff and. Furries and uh, Courtney, did you know that there was a man in Japan just recently who spent twenty thousand dollars to turn himself into a dog? I, I've seen this. Yes, oh it's God. pretty. It's, it's, it's astounding. It's, it's, it's kind of incredulous. Exactly, and, and this is the kind of thing that that Scripture talks about. That you know, people will exchange the truth of God for a lie. That there are two two genders for for real, but but people are exchanging that for a lie, and and the lie is. Uh, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And, um, you know, I, I, obviously I'm a big scripture guy. Um, I love the Lord with all my heart. Um, Isaiah 520 is very clear. Woe unto you who call evil good and good evil, 
who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And that is exactly what we see in the 21st century in the United States of America. And I believe that if we do not change it in America right now, then God will say, woe unto you, United States. You've turned your back on me. I'm going to turn your, my back on you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I chills because I, I think that is so much of what, what we are seeing. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. and in light of what's going on with, uh, of course, Israel and Palestine, I don't know how much you want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think it is just interesting to bring it up in light of the scripture you just read because, you know, and, and I'm a Jew, so, you know, I, but I, I just say that to preface what I'm about to say, yeah. but I do think that what has happened, you know, the past few years was, looks like democide mm-hmm. uh, against the Israeli people right. with, you know, the, the injections. And it does seem like the thing they have in common is that both Israel and uh, the United States, unfortunately, a lot of them have become more secular and have turned away. What do you think? Uh, what do you think your generation? I'm curious. Thinks about that? Do you think they think about that at all? Do you think that that's? A- I don't think they know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know or understand what's going on whatsoever, unless it's you know coming from the standpoint of you know some liberal Marxist on TikTok. You know, there's this guy, for example, his name is Harry Sisson, right? And he he has uh, almost a million followers uh, on TikTok, thousands on on Twitter, thousands on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And all he does all day long is, you know, read the headlines and then doesn't, get, doesn't give any truth about it whatsoever. And, and it's a bunch of garbage. And so they might know about it, mm-hmm. but it's not from any kind of standpoint of truth whatsoever. And, and, and as I said, truth will set you free. I believe that when we infiltrate TikTok with the truth, mm-hmm. the truth will set people free. But I will say this. I, I, I think, ironically, a lot of people are actually being woken up through TikTok. <laughs> you know, I think it may, that may not have been the intention. I know there's a lot of, uh, as you put it, Marxist rhetoric on there. there. There's a lot of lies being spewed as well. But it does seem like it has been uh, quite the tool for waking a lot of people up also. So... And, 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 I mean, we understand, and I, I think Laura Loomer made a really good point about this when, mm-hmm. when she endorsed our project earlier, and she's like, I, w- I want to be clear, I'm not endorsing TikTok. Right, and, right. and we very clearly aren't either. But right. I think as Republicans, one of the things we have to do is, you know, if the speed limit was 80 miles an hour and now they change it to 100, mm-hmm. we can't be self-righteous about it and say, no, nah, I'm not going 100, I'm going 80, mm-hmm. right? Because right. we're going to lose, sure. right? And I think that's what's happening. I think you're starting to see that right. even with election fraud stuff where we're-, we're The ballot you know, harvesting. Right. Yep. We've got to start doing it. Like, we've got to start playing their tactics, you know? Uh, you know, not to get into war, but the parallel or the analogy would be, you know, in the Vietnam War, uh, you know, we lost that war and I wrote a 60-page term paper about it because- we weren't willing, uh, Westmoreland, the generals, uh, uh, McNamee, the Secretary of Defense at the time, they weren't willing to do what the Viet Cong were willing to do. Mm-hmm. The Viet Cong were defending their homeland. They had a purpose and a mission that, that was so large and so huge. And I think the, the, you know, I'll call them the Democrats on the other side, the leftists, mm-hmm. they are so well grouped, they are so well organized, there's no infighting, there's no separation, they're very clear um, on creating evil and anarchy wherever they can, and we've got to start to fight back in the same rhythm, and that's that's why I'm glad to be teamed up with this stud. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and to that point, you know, the term fascism comes from uh, fascia, like a band of sticks, 
And that is really what the left is so, right? They're so good at it. It's like they may disagree on 99.9% of things, and that 0.1% of things they will unite and rally behind, and they'll they'll stick together and defend it. Whereas I feel like people, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say the right, just people, uh, you know, who are not on the far left, but who value individualism and who may be on the political right, uh, they they tend to value individualism and therefore they value uh, critical thinking and independent thought processes. So they're less likely to unite. You know, they'll find the 0.1% of things that they agree on <laughs> um, and they'll just, uh, they'll fight about that, you know? They'll, yeah, so they, I, I think that is really interesting, but that is one of the things they do so well <coughs> is they, they rally together even though they might disagree about most things. And, you know, it's that, as I said, the opposite may be true of conservatives. They tend to agree on a lot of things. They'll find the one thing they disagree on, and you know they'll they, they'll they'll infight until the cows come home. Well, and and you know I think one of the things I did on the campaign trail, and, and I was sharing this earlier, and I think this is a a good talking point for our mission overall. And uh, you know I'll just tell you on this program instead of telling you privately. But you, you know one of the things I learned from voters on on the campaign trail like Democratic voters, yeah. is when you take out Donald Trump yeah. <clears throat> and you just talk to him like human beings mm. and you ask him about what they want to get out of their country, are they happy with their country, are they happy with the direction their state and country is going, mm. um, you know, you really see just asking general questions that they're really Kennedy Kennedy Democrats or really today's Republican. They, they, they really are. They want their kids to be safe. They want their kids to be healthy. And they want choice on what goes into their kids' brains and what goes into their kids' veins. Right. And that's generally everybody. Well, there's this really speech that I, I just did a speech today. I, I called it the compassion trap. And, it, you know, kind of the uh, moral of the story was that they, they really use propaganda in order to divide us into groups. Because it's much easier to have groups fighting each other than it is to have individuals. Because if you're to talk to, you know, human to human, firstly, you recognize the humanity <coughs> in that person. And you're less likely to be at each other's throats. <laughs> um, and secondly, I think you find that you actually do have more in common than you think. But it's when we're, you know, siloed in these little boxes with labels on them, then then we start fighting my team versus your team. And I think this is why the principles are so important to get back to. So I'm curious, what is the Gen Z response to what you're doing, Ben? What, what have you seen? Well, you know, uh, I would probably let him answer that. But, I mean, you know, I can only answer it from the reference point of mm -hmm. talking to kids on the campaign yeah. trail and, and, and talking to voters. I mean, you know, I'll go back to what I said a second ago. It's, yeah. it's, it, 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 there's so many different commonalities there's so many different commonalities of just asking the basic questions most of the time. You know, they either catch themselves. I think when you get almost defensive, and, you know, I absolutely love, uh, I love Charlie Kirk. I love Turning Point. I think there's a lot of great stuff they've done. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we have to be careful not to vilify them and make people, voters in that, in that segment of 12 to 25 wrong. Because when you can, you know, when you can meet them on commonality yeah. and what's important to them, and really ask questions, yes. you know, I heard an old saying by a mentor: the person in the in the room with the most power is always the guy asking the most questions. And sure. and I think there's so much truth to that. What, uh, what would you add? To I want to I want to add on to that, right? Um, you know, I've learned something in my life, you know, and um, and being mentored and everything mm -hmm. is that 
uh, <laughs> statements arm and questions disarm, mm-hmm. right? And right. and so when when I'm talking to these Gen Z people, you know, ask them about who they are. You know, what what do they actually believe? Why do they believe it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what has brought them to that conclusion? And then slowly but surely, just bring in the truth. Like, mm-hmm. hey, did you know that so and so? you know, is happening right now? Did you know that so-and-so just happened a few days ago, right, et cetera, et cetera? And I think that when we ask these sort of of important questions, that Gen Z will begin to, you know, scratch their head and realize, oh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about the things that I've been taught in school. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about the things that uh, these people on, on, on social media are talking about. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned, or uh, Laura Loomer, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know, Laura Loomer isn't endorsing TikTok whatsoever. I'm not endorsing TikTok whatsoever, nor, nor is he, or, or I think any of us. But I, after Laura Loomer said what she said, I said, we're just going to use the devil to do God's work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's exactly what we need to do, is yeah. use something that is totally against the conservative movement for the conservative movement. Yeah. Because we we need to save Generation Z to save America. Yeah, I love that. Well, any tool that's powerful can be used for good or for evil. It's about the intention of those using it. So I, I don't think there's any rule that says TikTok is uh, inherently evil. Right. Right? So I think it's a tool, like so many of the other social media tools. And if it's there and it's being weaponized against us and there's a way <coughs> to use it for good, I think it, you know... If it's being used for good, then it's doing good. So, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, in fact, I would support it. I think that should be absolutely, yeah. Um, When you were talking about, uh, so you were talking about, like, the different, like, Bobby Kennedy's on the scene, and and I very much agree. I echo a lot of what you're saying. You know, there's things, I love the conversations he's bringing forth. 100%. Yeah, and I think that that's great. I think that, uh, you know, some, if there were some sort of teaming up, I don't know that that'll happen, but that that could be great as well, just to balance things out. Uh, But I'm curious what people are saying uh, uh, when you're, like, especially your generation and on the campaign trail, um, are people saying they're really supportive of Trump? Are they? Are you hearing? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm seeing a red, a red Trump wave, and, and you know, I think you're seeing that um, when you look at polling, national polling, sure. state polling. You know, you look at, um, you, you know, some of the individual, you know, primary states. You know, you, uh, you know, I think I saw Ohio, Iowa. You look at some of those different polls that they've done in states. I mean, I mean, Trump's winning all over the place. I think I heard that. Uh, you know, I forget what the stat was the other day, but you know, just nationally, I think he's now beating Biden by another 15% or something. I mean, the numbers are just like staggering what he's accumulating. And and you know, it's funny because I think that you know Bobby Kennedy, I think he is opening up a lot of really good conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, my fear is that there's all this money going towards one candidate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So even though a lot of times Sleepy Joe doesn't know where he is, you know, he's got a bowel movement problem, especially in white pants. And, you know, he likes hairy legs, apparently, and corn pop. Uh, he's, he's a wild guy. We could do a whole show just about that. Sure. Um, but, you know, besides all that, um, you know, I think that one of the things they're doing is, even with Gavin Newsom, they're playing the long game. Yep, um, they always know, do. The Gavin masters. Newsom's looking towards 2028. Yeah. So he's teeing up Joe Biden for this run. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be wrong and he'll back out at the last minute. I don't think so, though. And they're getting, they're not even doing a primary. 
So you think about the impact of that. And this is where Republicans are just being idiots because we've got seven candidates who are massively going to lose. Tim Scott doesn't mean they're not that. I mean, Tim Scott's a great guy. Mike Pence is a loser. Nobody wants to vote for that moron. And and the globalist shell. There's exactly there's a bunch of other losers wasting money. And I think that's where the establishment comes Wasting in. Wasting money and energy and votes, I, I think, really. It divides It divides a lot because it, not everybody is going to be, like I, like I said, I personally, and I'm somebody who liked Trump, but I still think there are things he needs to, you know, some questions he has to answer. So uh, I probably, I would vote for him again, but I'm just saying that, you know, somebody like me who might be even more, uh, you know, on the fence, now you've got all these other candidates. And, I, I think we'd be foolish to think that they're not pulling something away well, well, and, in terms and, and of resources. Think, right, exactly. I mean, like the people are pulling at zero, two percent, zero, zero and two percent. De Sanctimonious has dropped what, like twenty percentage points. I mean, Bill. Uh, uh, mayor made a joke about him that like you wouldn't be on this show if you were actually winning, right, uh, right. which I thought was hysterical. And and so so you know you see all these headlines coming out, and it's like. Why is the Republican Party not banding together? You know, I said it on stage today at Reawaken. Yeah. You know, e- you know, even in the uh, the the House Speaker race, you have all these rhinos mm-hmm. that are so so just convinced that Kevin McCarthy is the guy when he sold out America. The fifty of them are going to delay progress for America yeah. uh, just to back that scumbag Kevin McCarthy. Right. I've stolen a lot of your thunder. No, no, I, I certainly <clears throat> agree with you. Um, it's a lot of corruption, a lot of wickedness, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about these presidential candidates like you just said, or you mentioned a couple of them. Like, why in the world is Chris Christie running? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so dumb. Like, Don't no, no one likes him. His only thing is attack <clears throat> Trump on everything that he ever did, um, even though President Trump did some of the most amazing things for our country. He likes to eat a lot, too. He does like to eat. He needs to not run for president. He just needs to run, <laughs> as uh, Roger Stone says. Uh, there's no reason why he should be in this race. And no one likes the fact that he called Donald Trump Donald Duck. It's such, there's no reason. It's so dumb. Um, I think a lot of these people, I think the debates would be more effective if it was, you know, just Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, maybe Ron DeSantis as well. Because they're the only pe- two people who have some kind of shot. Right. I don't <clears throat> believe that they do, but, you know, they're the two closest people to President Trump. Right. Well, Vivek is actually a really interesting one to bring up because I think your generation in particular actually really likes him. And yeah. from from what I've seen, he's kind of bought and sold by a big pharma. So yeah. that's no, a little it, concerning. It, it, I agree. It's he's unfortunate. Back by Soros. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the reason why he, you know, he's very charismatic, obviously. Yeah. And he's um, smart. You know, he I like what he's very, doing with Strive. I, do. I agree. Uh, and, and the reason why he has so much, you know, he's gaining momentum mm-hmm. on Ron DeSantis is because he has the ear of the people. He's listening to what mm-hmm. the concerns are of the United States American y- You mean the Gen Zers don't like when you wear cowboy boots with your suit? Exactly. It's so dumb. <laughs> I think Ron DeSantis never needs to do anything ever again. Or, or yeah, like drink stop. a beer. Drink <laughs> a beer, like, oddly. I mean, the guy is just like, Well, wow. I think people forget with DeSantis, you know, even in Florida, because people keep saying he's such a great governor. And he's done some good things. I would definitely say he has. Um, but people forget, you know, he was pushing for the jabs. He was pushing for the lockdown. I mean, he was not <laughs> Mr. Freedom in the, the early days of the COVID era, as I call it. But, uh, yeah. He and is a textbook politician. It, well, yeah, 
and he, they, they, it has come out publicly that he was a member of St. Elmo, which is a subsidiary of Skull and Bone. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily, like, instantly implicate him or anything, but it, it does mean that we should ask some questions, probably. <laughs> right. No, I, I want to comment on DeSantis another time. The, the first Freedom event that I ever went to, right, um, was uh, was ex- actually where I met Dallas, you. Dallas, Texas. Uh, in Dallas, Texas, at uh, a, a thing called... Uh, Faith and Freedoms Conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had just started my podcast stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, I was talking with people like, you know, hey, I, I knew I knew the the host of it. I was just trying to get connections. I met this guy. His name is uh, Colonel Rob Manis, and uh, we were talking about things, and and he was like, I need you to know, just you know, in case you're you know swayed by this guy, Ron DeSantis is Uniparty. <laughs> I don't know that, what that even means. But he said yeah. that in 2021, yeah. but, you know, before it was super obvious that he was Uniparty. Sure. But it's, you know, very, very clear. He called it. Yeah, he did call it. And, yeah. and I hope Rob, Rob sees this. Thank you, Colonel, for, for, for uh, telling me that. Cause, Roger Stone did, too. Yeah, Ro- Roger Stone did, too. He, you know, went up to President Trump up uh, if, like a year ago and said, um, he said to President Trump, uh, this guy's going to F you. Yeah, he, R- 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 uh, Ron DeSantis is an a-hole. Um, and, and, well, and, and he's going to F you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it, you know, Ron DeSantis should stop. Um, he has screwed over his political career for the future. He could have gotten the uh, MAGA vote very, very easily yeah. in, in the next election, uh, but he's lost any shot at, at ever doing anything ever again. And, and, and the funny thing is, He's still hanging on, like, like I think that's a valid point. Like, he could have been teed up for 2028, but then he showed his true colors the way he's just constantly gone after Trump and mm-hmm. e- even changed principles that he believes on just to try to win and, and garner votes. I mean, you see him flip-flopping on so many issues, and you're like, dude, you are such, you are such a politician. Yeah, well, you brought up the uh, the playing the long game that the left does, yeah. and they, this is really from the Fabian socialists, right? They're masters of incrementalism. So they play, you know, a long haul game. And I think that, you know, when you bring up the Uniparty, the the one thing that the people who are on the right, who are doing the controlled opposition for the left, have not mastered, yeah. <laughs> they they're very short sighted, yeah. and uh, I think that that is potentially. Uh, a positive because I, I hope that it'll lead to their detriment because what we, we what we don't want are short sighted politicians who are just seeking personal gain um, and who are corrupted and compromised, right? What do you think are some of the things that are super? Because you had both of you talked about, and I love this that you know one of the strategies is finding out what is important to the people and then asking them questions about that so they feel like. You know, you care about them, right? That's a that, that's just human nature. What are some of the things you think are really important to uh, Gen Z? No, I, I, I want to. My generation is all about you know uh, the abortion topic and you know homosexual, you know the LGBTQ uh, movement and everything. And for some reason, conservatives have made a massive deal about those things. I think abortion is wrong and evil and corrupt, but that shouldn't be the main thing anymore, right? We've We've appealed, uh, we've gotten rid of Roe v. Wade. Um, it's time to move on to the next issue. It's a state's issue. Like jam, right. jam that from a, from a rhetoric narrative standpoint, not to interrupt you, but just real quickly, like, like that I think would be a big, big point that we would want on, on Operation Z specifically to get our influencers to portray is like, hey, like, why are we even talking about this? Why is this even on your radar? Mm-hmm. You, like the federal government and the president you pick has no say about what happens in your state now. 
Mm-hmm. That's an indi- your individual governors are going to dictate that. So don't vote for a president or not vote for a president based on that anymore. Make that the criteria for your governor if you want to fight that battle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I, uh, there, there's so many other issues um, that, that we could look at and look into. Um, but we need to stop making the main things that we have right now the main things for Generation Z um, because we're, we're going to lose them on those things. Right. Uh, we need to talk about the fact that we're actually going to fall into the grips of communism, tell people what communism is. And it should say, be taught in schools. Exactly, it yeah. should be. I, I, was, I was lucky enough to, um, to go to a private Christian school and I, I, and I was able to learn about real history. And what you know? Very what rare. actually? What actually went on um, in the Holocaust? What actually? Mm-hmm. What Karl Marx actually thought? What he did, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I, you know, I, I had always been a conservative, but but as I researched it and studied it more, I was like, there, there, this is impossible. First of all, for to to have true communism, mm-hmm. uh, and, and second of all, uh, every so every country that has tried to do. Uh, communism whatsoever has totally failed. Mm-hmm. And America is no exception. And I, I, this is just, I'm personally very curious about this because the further I went down the rabbit hole of studying Marxism, the more it looked like Satanism. And then I learned that Marx himself was an avowed Satanist. Right. He actually wrote O's to Satan. Is that something you learn in Christian uh, school? Well, I didn't know about that, uh, <laughs> uh, but now but, I'm, I mean, he you know, wrote I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised I mean, it's whatsoever. public knowledge. Like, he actually wrote O's to Satan. Wow. So, well, I, I didn't know that, but thank yeah, you for they, sharing. And they actually came out of the Illuminati. I've talked about this on my show, but I think it's worth sharing with both of you. It sounds like you might be interested. Um, so it, Adam Weishaupt officially formulated the Illuminati in uh, May of 1776. You know, It was just before our Declaration of Independence. I personally don't think it was a coincidence, although I don't know if I could prove that, but I don't think it was a coincidence. And then the Illuminati was, the official Illuminati was shut down, but... From that, there were offshoots. There was the League of the Outlaws, then there was the League of the Just, which would be translated as League of Just Men. I think they're kind of like the one of, some of the early forerunners of today's uh, social justice warrior movement. And who was helming that? That was Engels and Marx. And then from there, the offshoot was uh, the Communist League. The Communist League was helmed by Engels, who was commissioned to write a manifesto for this Communist League. And uh, in this Communist League, he drew, for the manifesto, he drew from Weishaupt's Illuminati Manifesto as well as Clinton Roosevelt's book, which was called uh, the, uh, it was a science of government founded on natural law. Didn't look so much like real natural law the way you and I may think of it, (laughs) Um, but it was kind of a hybrid that he drew from to create this uh, communist manifesto, which Marx was actually not, his name wasn't actually even on it initially. They did a whole publicity campaign for Marx and had him write several journals and uh, pamphlets to build his publicity and his uh, public uh, fingerprint and uh, for a footprint, and uh, from there they added his name to it. So a lot of people accuse Marx of being a plagiarist, and but I just thought it was interesting to bring that. That's just not something when you talk about most people don't learn history. Right. Right. Did, did you learn that in school? I didn't. <laughs> so, but it's not that hard to find. I mean, if you just it's mainline history. So yeah. exactly right. Yeah, that's that's what we need. You know, to be taught history. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, obviously, I. 
it's said so often that it's probably cliche now, but it's so true, mm-hmm. is that history repeats itself when we don't know it. Sure. And that's about to happen in the United States of America. What do you think is the future for America? What, what do you, what do both of you see? Well, you know, I would say, um, <clears throat> you, you know, I think this, this conversation has been great today, and, and, and I think that, you know, we've covered a lot of, a lot of ground. I think that, um, you know, the future for America, if we don't do something about, you know, the agenda you just talked about, I mean, they've been forecasting this, um, telegraphing their punches for 40, 50 years, and um, we've been playing the, the short game. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, we've been playing softball. And, you know, it's, it's time that we get out the machine guns and the M16s and send the Marines <laughs> in because um, there's a lot of, they've done a lot of damage. And, and I don't think it's too far gone, but it's too far gone if, um, if the many won't rise up like the few are and, and start to really take action. Because, you know, I always say, you know, your health is your responsibility. Yeah. Your freedom's your responsibility too. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I, I agree with him. I, I think it's, I, I, touched, I touched on it a little bit ago, um, but the leader thing. We need real leaders. People will take people to places that they would never go by themselves. And there's a lot of people who, you know, they're not going to do anything without a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just followers. And, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with being a follower. We need, we need followers. We yeah. need those. But we need leaders that people can, that, that the followers can follow. Leaders who have good, strong values, yeah, and who stand for the free will of humanity. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. Do either of you have anything else you would like to add? Of course, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can support Operation Z. Yeah, so you can go to opznow, O-P-Z-N-O-W.com. That's O-P-Z-N-O-W.com. Excuse me, opznow.com. 1776foreverfree.com. You can find myself and Alex. Um, or you can you can find me at Cordy Williams, C O R D I E Williams dot com, and all over the internet like this guy. Um, go ahead and give him your stuff. Yeah, and find you. Yep, opznow.com. You can <clears throat> donate, help us out there, and also follow me on Truth Social A underscore Stonewall. Uh, then from there, you can find my podcast Stonewall's Perspective. I'm on Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. I'm on there, except for YouTube because they like to kick me off. They're Marxists. I relate. Yeah, there yes. you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having us on today. We enjoyed it. Awesome. And thank you for watching. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.